Welcome to Element, the student ministry of Third City Christian Church. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students. Okay, I want to talk a little bit about your country that you love. Mm. You guys are from Nairobi, Kenya. Yes. What, what do you love the most about your city? Well, Nairobi City is... Um, it's, it's densely populated, so there are so many people, uh, and especially on the eastern side of uh, the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, the other thing is that, uh, you know, it is uh, right along the equator, so it's always warm throughout yeah. the year. <laughs> there is uh, there's a game park right yeah. next to the city. Yeah. So anytime you want to be away from the hustle and, uh, I mean, of the city, you can just go out there and watch wildlife oh. uh, but above it all you know I love it that uh, you know God has called us there to reach out to the people and uh, that's what has kept us there mm. just reaching out to the people and especially the poor on the eastern side of the city yeah and uh, we are witnessing God working in their lives so that is amazing um, I just got, I had goosebumps just hearing about God's work, you know. Um, So two of the ways that you do this, that you're reaching your city, is with planting churches and starting schools. Yes. So you guys have a heart for young people like I do. Yes. You have a heart for young people. Mm. Um, Tell me about your heart for starting these schools. What? What does that mean? Because I feel like American students and American children mm-hmm. take for granted, we have a school right across the street. Mm-hmm. They take that for granted mm-hmm. and it's access for everyone. Mm-hmm. What, do, what do our students need to know about access to ed- education mm-hmm. for the children and mm-hmm. students of Nairobi that yeah. you're reaching out to in the poorer neighborhoods? Yeah. Well, um, in Nairobi, uh, as Wallace mentioned, Nairobi has almost six million people, mm. and unfortunately, over seventy percent of those people live in very, very uh, poor conditions. Seventy percent. Yeah, so they live in the slums. Yeah. Wow. And in these slums, um, there are very few schools. Uh, for example, in in the one particular slum where we work mostly called Madare Valley Slums, mm-hmm. has almost a million people and wow. only about four public schools. Wow. Which means most of the children have no access to quality education uh, and those who even are able to go to the public schools are not assured of having meals each day because their parents are not able to afford meals. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily have feeding programs in those public schools. And so sometimes the children will go to school and then end up dropping out of school because they have to look for ways to survive. And unfortunately, some of these children go to the streets to look for ways to survive. They beg from people. And sometimes they are definitely tempted to steal from people in order to get food. Sometimes they go to garbage and look for something to eat. So our ministry being able to start schools where these students can be able to come and access quality education, but more so even be able to eat food while they're in school 
is a big, big blessing for them. It's a big thing. And so being able to start schools for these children and schools that uh, will provide Christian love, uh, schools that will provide food while they are attending their school, it's a big blessing to them, yeah. That's, so to put it in perspective, we live in a, a town of 50,000 mm -hmm. and we might have 20 public schools wow. for 50,000 people. Mm. And you're talking a million people. Yes. And there are four. Yeah. So I can imagine the, what this would do to a generation of children and students is it could lead to a life of, like you said, possible poverty, mm. um, possibly like sex trade, sex industry, oh, yeah. uh, prostitution, mm. uh, drugs. Yes. Uh, you know, those are it ought, like that that desperation. Mm. That's where that steers, and yeah. you know, you guys are looking at going. We want to offer hope. Yes. Not not just not just an education, mm. not just food for your stomach, mm. uh, but food for your soul yes. and, right. and hope for eternity. Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, our students don't understand what it's like to go without that way. Mm. And so it's hard for them to comprehend that. Mm. But when you are without, you can cry out and go, where, where is God? Mm. And you guys are wanting to go, he's right here. That's what you want. That's what. You, that's what. It, what's it? You guys' heart is to go. Yeah. Where is God? Mm. He is right here. Yes, and He Come. loves them. Yeah. Mm. Oh. And He loves that's them. God. Awesome. You know the number of children who are out there. You know, not having the opportunity to go to school, and therefore, just uh, being exposed to a life of misery, a life of doing antisocial things out of desperation, is so big. And um, our prayer is that uh, we will be able to have enough resources to put up classrooms where we can have these children come and they can be loved on by the Christian teachers. They can be fed and uh, above all, they can be molded in character by being taught the word of God. And these are the people who are going to grow with Christian values, who go back to their families and are going to bring transformation and in their communities. And uh, these are the people that are going to replicate whatever we are doing. They'll be able to reach out to other children. And uh, this is what we need to multiply the work of God, to impact on many more people. Jesus is the Lord of love, true love, a love that is all about compassion, and a compassion that turns into action. If you remember one phrase from tonight, I want you to know that your faith in Jesus and a love that comes from Jesus is compassion, that turns into action. It turns into action. To follow Jesus is to have that compassion. And he takes it super serious, as you can tell from that scripture, and so should you, and so should I. So tonight what I wanna lead you through is I want you to imagine being on a team. Some of you are on a team, a sports team. If you're not, imagine with me. I kinda have to imagine, besides one experience, on the 2006 Northwest Viking basketball team, freshman basketball team. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, B team, B team. And uh, thank you. And uh, also B team and uh, bench warmer and deserved bench warmer. It wasn't like the, I didn't get any playing time. It was like, nah, I, that's where I was the most helpful. Um, so, but, but except for one game, one game this shining star 
this flower bloomed. And, and I, got, I was put into the game, and I thought, I'm going to just rock this thing. And so I scored 23 points in one game. Yeah. I got a quadruple double or a hat trick or whatever they call that, quadruple double hat trick. And so I, I, and, and I was a stunner on the court, stunner. And uh, my coach, Coach Galusha, actually, he told me, he pulled me aside one day and he says, you know what, Parker, you're the garbage man. And I kind of think back and I'm like, that's probably the last encouragement he had for me because like basketball wasn't my thing, okay? And he's like, but you're the garbage man. You know, you're playing post, you're down by the hoop, you're crashing the boards, you're getting the rebounds, you're just picking up all the trash of your teammates leaving behind. I'm like, yeah, I'm a garbage man. And for some reason that made me feel good. But now looking back, I'm like, what a wise coach, what a wise coach. So I figured out that basketball was not my thing. And I kind of came to this fork in the road where I thought, do I want to tell my kids that I was a B-team bench warmer in basketball all through high school, or I was in a metal band? And I thought, definitely metal band. So I started a metal band. So that's the end of my sports career. But I want, you to, I want you to imagine tonight, I want you to pretend you're on a team if you're not, okay? Some of you have team experience, that's good. Think about basketball teams, football teams, softball teams, volleyball teams, think about this. And I, I want you to think, like you, so metaphorically enter this team with me. We, you've worked really hard. You've made sacrifices to be on this team. The team is stacked. There's, there's such a good team lineup. You are on this team. You are chosen for this team. It is a good team to be on. You're excited. You've been working hard. The only problem is every time you get called in to play, every time the coach calls you off the bench, you say, nah, I'm good. Send someone else in. Send some- I'm good. Or you just ignore them completely. You just like sit there and you go, it's fine. <laughs> and you don't say anything. The coach is calling you, but you're not getting in. You know, you've been added to this team on purpose. You've been given a role that matters but when the coach is calling you in, you're waving and saying, no, nah, put someone else in. Put, put someone else in. I'm, I'm afraid. Uh, uh, I didn't even hear you. Sorry, I didn't hear you. I'm not going into the game. But check this out. The same players that, that never go into the game are also the same players that complain that the coach never gives them playing time. The same, the same players that are afraid to get off the bench are the same players that are that are complaining about the coach never giving them time on the court or, or complaining that the coach never talks to them like he talks to the other players or she talks to the other players, like the coach doesn't have the relationship that he or she has with other players. This is a metaphor, you see. So that same person, what's the problem here? It's that every time you've been called up and out to be in this game, every time you've been called to do that, you've declined. And yet, at the same time, you complain that you never got to experience the coach. You never got to experience the game. The same people. And the opportunity passes you out of fear or out of insecurity or out of stubbornness. You don't get into the game. Tonight, I want to show you that following Jesus is a lot like that. I want to show you that living out your faith is a lot like that. He's this coach that's calling you into the game. And so tonight... I want to pose that you have some decisions to make about what you're going to do with that. Pray with me. Jesus, thank you for tonight. I pray for these students that you would open their hearts, that they would see that this time that they're spending bench warming would better be used if they actually stepped into the game. I pray that you would remove the fear and the anxiety that they have about getting into the game that you're calling them into. I pray that you would soften their hearts, open their ears, and help me explain to them what this looks like. It's in Jesus' name, amen. So our problem is that we never get into the game. 
That's the thing. That's the thing that holds us up. We, we, when God calls us off the bench, we, we decline. Or, or we say, no, nah, I'm good. Or we pretend like we didn't hear him. We're like, God's calling you to do that. You're like, no, he didn't. I never, I never heard that. But then at the same time, check this out, because at the same time, those are the people who are saying, I've never experienced God. I'm on the team, but I've never seen a miracle. I've never, I've never felt the life change of the gospel. I've never felt that. That's the same person that when God has called them off the bench, they declined. And so whose fault is that really? I don't know. You could think about that for a little bit. He's calling you into the game. You're sitting on the bench, not going into the game, but you're saying, I don't get any playing time, God. Why don't you ever do anything in my life? Think about that for a second. The problem is that we don't get off the bench. Our problem is that we're afraid of the game. We're afraid of the game of stepping into faith. We're afraid of all it has to bring. We're, we're afraid of the risk of failure. We're afraid of the risk of injury. We're afraid of the risk of broken pride. We're afraid of it all. And so the solution to this fear of getting off the bench and getting into the game comes with having faith. It comes with having faith in Jesus Christ, who he is, all the power that he says he has, and what he's done on this planet. If you have faith in that, that will give you strength to get up off the bench and actually get into this game we call living out your faith, aka following Jesus. There's a lot of people who say they follow Jesus and there's nothing to show for it. They come to church and that's all. There's nothing to show for it in their lives. They've been sitting on the bench. And every time they've been called out, they've declined. But we fall back into fear instead of getting into the game. We fall back instead of faith. Fear that we won't have the strength. Fear that we won't be able to win all of it. And to a degree, I'm like, yeah, that's actually right. You should feel like you can't save the world. I think that's right. You should feel, you should feel the weight of the things that are beyond you in this game. Because that's exactly why we need Jesus Christ. That's exactly why we need the gospel. That's exactly why we need God to go before us in these situations. Because you can't save people. Only Jesus can. Through him, you now play a role in this team that is worldwide. That is the church, both locally and globally. I want you to see that. And here's what gives me faith. I thought I would share with you, when I get terrified of the things that are before me, what goes through my mind. This is a scripture I always lean on because when I'm believing all these lies about the situation I'm in, I need truth. It's out of Deuteronomy chapter 31. This is verse eight. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. A lot of you look at me or you look at Josh or you look at Jacob or you look at Christina or your coach and you think, man, I just want to be like, I'm, I hope I'm like Parker someday. Man, I, I really look up to him. I hope I'm just like him. I've got to tell you, there are days where I am terrified of coming out here. There are days where I am so nervous, I'm pacing behind this wall back here. There are days that I have a knot in my gut so bad about being out here and talking to you about the, the life-changing truth of Jesus Christ and afraid to mess it up, and my stomach is in knots. There are days that I am terrified of walking into conversations with you students talking about life or death or whether you should keep on living. I, there are days where I am absolutely horrified of walking into conversations with people who are struggling whether they should continue living. There are days where I am scared, I'm afraid. 
that I'm afraid to walk into conversations with parents, your parents saying, how do I raise my kid? How do I get them out of this, this abyss that they are laying their head in? How do I get them back to where they can breathe? I'm like, I don't know. And I'm afraid that I don't have the power to do it. I'm afraid that I don't have the courage to do it. I'm weak. Don't make your goal to be like me, okay? I'll tell you that right now. But here's the truth that every time I'm walking into one of those situations, I have to look right in the eye of that situation and say, the Lord goes before me and he's with me. And he'll never leave me and he'll never forsake me. I can't be afraid. I can't be discouraged. He's calling me to this. He's calling me to this. And I hope you see that in your life too. The Lord goes before you. It's as if he's plowing the road before you. And all you do are, and you're walking into this wake and you're just facilitating the things that he's calling you to. Think about like the NFL. Have you ever seen a good block in a football game where people just get destroyed? Like you're watching like these NFL moments, these highlights, and like the running back is running down the field and all of a sudden some guy picks up a block and the guy goes like... And then they throw a flag because it's not football anymore. And, and they're like, you are too tough. You're too tough, flag. Um, and, and in this moment, here's the thing. This is what I want you to see. Like, it, that's a stupid metaphor, but the Lord goes before you. And he's picking up those blocks of these things that are gonna attack you. Or, or you're walking into the situation where you're saying, I don't know if I have the strength, but he's picking up these, these people who are hounding you down and he just blows them out of the water. And then you get to work your way to the end zone. You get to work your way to where God is calling you. You get to work your way to the goal that he's placed in your life. You have to believe that the Lord goes before you and that he's with you. You cannot be afraid. You cannot be discouraged. He'll never leave you or forsake you. You see that? That's how that plays out in my life. I hope you see that. And what we're doing with our lives, what I'm talking about when you're getting off the bench and getting into the game, you've got to know that the Lord is picking up the blocks. You gotta know that the Lord is playing defense and that he's given you this opportunity to walk in the wake of those blocks and make it happen of what is put on your heart. Tonight, I wanna ask you, it might be your time to finally get off the bench and get into the game. I know you're afraid, I am too. It might be your night to finally get off the bench and do something with your faith. Have you been a bench warmer this whole time? I want you to see this last scripture. This is what I wanna leave you with. And anybody who's talking or being a distraction, your neighbor just stop for at least this part, okay? Thank you, thank you. Here's Isaiah chapter 49. For I am honored in the eyes of the Lord. And my God has become my strength. He goes before me. He picks up the blocks. I'm honored in the eyes of the Lord. He won't leave me or forsake me. He says, it's too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. Here's what he's saying. Translate this. It is too light a thing for you to just come to Element. It's too light a thing. Or to just hang out with Element people or just pray for element people, it's too light a thing. You haven't got off the bench yet. You haven't entered the game. It's too light a thing to only hang out with church people. It's too light of a thing. You haven't got off the bench yet. You're not answering the coach, calling you off, saying, I need you in the game. 
Because what? I will make you as a light for the nations. God so loved the world. God so loved the nations that he sent his only son. It's got to break out of the walls of this church. It has to. I think of you seniors when I'm preaching this sermon. I'm like, at the end of element, when you graduate, this is not the end of your faith walk. This is only the beginning. You are just getting set into the game. You're just stepping into the game. Do you see that? And that way my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. That's the game. So tonight, I want you to bow your heads. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to consider whether or not you've been bench warming. I want you to consider whether or not you've been ignoring the coach's call to get into the game. I want you to be honest with yourself if you've ignored that call into the game. And I want you to start praying right now what God has for you in that end zone that he's blocking for you. He's clearing the path. He goes before you. What's in the end zone? What does God put in your heart? Maybe you look at me, Josh, or, or, or these people on staff, or you look at Wallace and Mary and you go think, man, they're just good people. They're just good. And that's why they're making a difference. No. Like I'd argue that scripture says there's none righteous. Like the, it's not because they're good. I think it's just because they got up off the bench and got into the game. You understand? So I got two things tonight that is gonna take place over the next, the last of the year. And the first is that we as Element, as a family, are going to um, move with our church, Third City Christian Church, and what is happening in Nairobi, Kenya. And in December, I don't have details yet, but in December, we are going to raise funds um, and we are going to give and we're gonna be selfless and we're gonna look to the world and what God is doing. And we are going to, as Element, we're going to fund something in those schools, whether it be a, a teacher's salary, whether it be desks for a classroom, whether it be meals for children, or whether it be shoes to put on their feet. We're gonna do it. Nod your head if you're in. I'm in. We're gonna do that together as a family. That'll give us, give us an opportunity to focus on others. So that's coming in December. We'll give you more details. Tonight, though, Tonight, we understand that some of you are feeling like it's time to get off the bench and get into the game. And we wanted to give you this opportunity. We wanted to give you this call into the game. And so tonight with your teams, there's going to be an opportunity to take a card. And you, by taking that card, it'll be completely random. You, by taking that card, by you taking the card, that means I have committed to do whatever is on the backside of this card. And it's kind of scary. The Lord goes before you. He's with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. There's no need to be afraid or discouraged. It's kind of scary. And if you are wanting to get off the bench and get into the game, you take that card. There's no trading. Don't read it and say, I'll switch you. God has called you to do whatever's on the back of that. We have prayed over those challenges. We have prayed over these things that is gonna get you off the bench and into the game. And you're going to hold on to that card. And listen to me. Take it serious. If you are not going to do whatever is on that card, don't take it. Don't feel pressure from us. If you do not feel like you are in a place in your life where you can honestly take whatever challenge is on the back of that card to get off the bench, then don't do it. Don't do it. And we won't be mad at you. We won't, we won't pressure you into that. 
But we know there are students in this room who are looking for their next step. And we tell you guys all the time, go do ministry, go love people, go be like Jesus. And some of you are like, I have no idea what that means. I have no idea what that looks like. Well, here's your time to get off the bench and start doing something. So tonight you'll have that opportunity to take that card in your group. I'm, I'm telling you, take this serious. And do not take a card if you're not committed to doing whatever is on the back of it. So tonight you've got some options. You've got some decisions to make. It is either time for you to get off the bench and get into the game, start living out your faith like following Jesus is meant to be, or it's not. And that's okay, we'll be patient in that. Maybe it's finally time for you to take serious this faith that you've said you've had. Maybe you've been baptized, maybe you've told people that Jesus is your savior, but you have never done anything to show for it. Missed your opportunity to do something with your faith. To have compassion turn into action. You have these decisions tonight. Am I actually going to follow Jesus? Either you will or you won't. So we want to give you that opportunity tonight. Pray that you take it serious. Tonight may be the first time that you get up off the bench and into the game. Thanks for joining Element. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students.